Hello and welcome to Resonant Advisors Exchange, our series of conversations with the artists, labels, and promoters that are shaping the electronic music landscape. I'm Will Lynch, and I'm the associate editor of Resonant Advisor. Bill Cooligus is the man behind Pan, an experimental label that was one of our favorites from last year. Pan's been running since 2008, but really hit its stride in the past year or so. It put out more than a dozen records in 2012, including breakthrough releases by Heatsick and Lee Gamble. According to Cooligus, Pan has no single guiding principle, but it does have a distinct personality. It's bold and forward-thinking, but still down-to-earth. This is evident in the music itself, which ranges from drone and sound collage to bizarre takes on dance music, and also in the label's eye-catching artwork, all of which is handmade by Cooligus and his friend Catherine Politis. 2013 should be Pan's biggest year yet, and not just in terms of releases. The label and its artists were a cornerstone of last month's CTM festival, and Cooligus is planning a new festival of his own, which should take place in New York this spring. Chatting with Cooligus in Berlin last week, we got a feel for the perspective and work ethic that makes something like Pan possible. out now uh how was your ctm experience ctm was pretty fun um i didn't manage to go to all the shows but uh i got to see a lot of good things over the week and the pun night i thought it went really well everyone delivered like you know what they had in mind and i think everything linked and was pretty interesting to see all these different projects kind of being part of a greater picture together in one night. I thought it worked really well. How typical is it to do like a big pan showcase like that? Um, I've done a lot of shows before, more like one day events. Nothing in that scale though. I did a showcase at Unsound Festival in Poland last November. But that was more like it was split in three days and it wasn't like just one thing that kind of like represented the label and the overall aesthetic like it did on Wednesday night at CTM. So that was probably the biggest thing. Uh, mm, yeah, I think so, yeah. And who played at it again? I know, I remember people saying Mark Fell was yeah, a highlight. Yeah, Jarmov opened the night, who is a young artist from Athens. He works with samplers and he makes like a weird collage music with like electronic and jazz influences and more abstract sounds. And then it was Mark Fell from SND who did a sound and, and light installation at the space, basically triggering kick drum sounds with strobes. And he had this gigantic sky dancers in the space that looked completely odd. And yeah, basically like the the sound was triggering all these strobe lights and it was pitch black so you could just see the figures in the space. It it, it was really good actually. 
was it was really interesting to see the whole space being alienated with this kind of like different experience. Yeah, somebody told me that it was like a. It almost seemed like it was a parody of mm -hmm. like a, a rave or something. Well, I think that was his whole concept, like so a different. Uh, I don't know. Just I think he was just being a, a little bit sarcastic about this whole dance culture that's been, you know, heavily associated with that space. I mean, Berkan is like one of the most important places for club culture, basically. So is that specifically made for that performance at Berkheim? Well, he's worked with similar ideas before, but like that specific project was made for that, yeah. Would you say um, people like Mark Fell and Pan in general, would you say you have kind of a complicated relationship with club culture, dance music? Well, I think, I, I mean, I've released a few records that are, let's say, they're more like beat driven, like more like dance oriented, but I don't think they're necessarily straight dance records because I think they use a different language in general than the, the one that's been used in the club scene. There are people that are heavily related to experimental music and they just use some elements from dance music to do their own thing, you know. Yeah, I guess it seems to me that um, overall the music you release is not that closely related to club culture, really, but the kind of house and techno world seems very accepting of it. I think it's just a different dialogue than the one that's been used so far, in a way. I mean, a lot of these people are big fans of club music and, you know, they go out clubbing and partying and... They or some others they have roots in like you know from the nineties. Some older people like you know Lee Gamble or Mark Fell. They used to go out at raves in the late nineties and they used to make music back then too. But they've stepped out, did other stuff, and I think recently they just got back to it and they're kind of like combined both worlds, like the more like experimental and artistic world to the club and dance music uh, thing they used to do in the past. Yeah, it seems like maybe it's kind of a natural process that like you were yeah, into. Yeah, exactly, yeah. It seems to me like that's kind of happening in music in general at the moment. Like I think that dif different genres cross over and people are kind of opening up to different styles. And I think it's interesting this combination of styles that's been happening over the recent years over the past years and yeah i think it's quite refreshing sometimes to hear like a noise guy making dance music or vice versa you know i don't think it's always successful but i think it's quite healthy that people try things out and they don't follow like a specific formula that it's been used over and over and over again seems like that's an outlook that you follow with the label. Well, I'm, I'm interested in it. It's not only that, but I like when people like try to experiment with, with different styles and like different perspectives into things. And when you um, hear music like that or say when you're 
checking something out that could potentially be released on Pan, what kind of reaction do you have like to something that you like? Like, is it, um, you know, sort of a simple like enjoyment of music or is it more of like you feel kind of intellectually? Uh, well, provoked? I think it's a combination of both because it's interesting. It's important for me to like the music, first of all, but it's also as important to think about it and feel related or like feel intrigued by the whole concept behind it or like the approach or attitude that some specific artists have and why it's happening you know so um i guess sort of take it back a little bit um you started pan in 2008 yeah december 2008 when i was still living in london but shortly after I moved to Berlin, like two months after. So basically, I would say the label officially started in Berlin in 2009. And what kind of led up to the label starting? Uh, I mean, I play music myself too, and I was involved in the experimental underground noise experimental scene that was happening those years, around those years. And I didn't really have like a strong passion to do a label back then. It was more like a fun project to do. And I had some recordings that I liked from other people. And the first release was a split between me and a Japanese artist. And I thought, oh, you know, that could be nice and fun to do like a small run, like a special edition vinyls from that stuff. And also me, and my friend Catherine Politis, who is working with me on the whole artwork and packaging, we were working on this visual project together. And when we had something more solid as an idea, I thought it would be good to combine the music that I was involved and in, wanted to release and, and the whole visual project that we had worked on at the time. So it just kind of like happened, you know. At what point did it feel like the label was kind of growing into something more than just like a fun side project? Um, I think that it just grew naturally. Like I liked the whole process and I was already involved in organizing shows and tours and like working with other people in music and playing music, DJing and all that. So like the more records came out, like the more... I got passionate about it and you know I thought it was I got more involved and I thought it was really nice to continue doing it yeah it seems like 2012 was kind of a breakthrough year for the label at least in terms of how much music it put out it was like 12 or 13 yeah records 13 like yeah um what was different or what what created that flood of music as I said that I don't really consider it as a breakthrough year, but yeah, in a way that I did the most last year that, I've, that I had done in the past. But because the label is still very young, it's only like four years that it's been out. So I think that, you know, the more records that came out, like, and the more shows that we all did in the past years, like the more people showed interest and like got to know about this whole thing so that's i guess that's one of the reasons that people paid more attention last year 
And also there were a lot of different releases that gained interest from different sides, more like some art projects that got documented on a record and some more dance-oriented records came out. And so I think like a combination of all these different things kind of like helped that happen in a way. Um, I feel like the records that sort of take the lead in terms of, you know, popularity or whatever, um, are what you kind of described as the more dance oriented records. Um, but what to you is an important, more art project related release? Um, I think the dance oriented records got more popular just because I sense that there's a better ground in the media for this kind of music. And like the more, let's say, difficult experimental avant-garde records, they're just too hard to get get them around and like have a lot of reviews and stuff. Of course, there is a there is a different audience for that, and there's a, you know there's a lot of blogs and and music magazines that cover this stuff too. But like in the more popular culture, it's easier to promote like the more, let's say, accessible sounding records. That's yeah. why these records became in a way more popular than the others. But I don't think they're like better or worse or like, you know, I feel equally for for any every release I've done. But what would be um, for you, like what what's an example of one of the more difficult releases that sort of was overlooked? I don't know. I mean, I'm, I feel quite happy that even like records like the helm record which is like a, a drone concrete collage record by a london artist and good friend of mine called look younger i mean that record when it came out i wasn't sure if it's gonna get the same attention as the others but like a lot of people got really into it and and yeah it it, it had some really good exposure in general how does it usually work for each um, for each release? Like, is it someone that comes to you, or is it mostly people that you already knew? I think that the m most people that I've worked with are like either good friends of mine or people that I've been known for years, or like let's say the older artists that I've published music by. They're like they're artists that I'm heavily influenced or like know their work really well, and I thought it would be great to work with so when i approached them it was more like hey you know let's do something together because this and that and that's how it happens but the majority is like just the close friends of mine basically so people like uh lee gamble i've been on lee for like eight years from london and as i said i've been playing music myself too so i've toured a lot and i've organized a lot of shows etc so like all these people were like familiar to me or like their work so with lee for example i've i've been knowing him for like i don't know like seven or eight years we played many shows together in london and i asked him a long time ago he was one of the first artists i asked to do something on the label and it, it just took him a while to put all this together yeah and his first so his first release for for pan was the diversions yeah and um you had a significant role in that release is that right yeah actually he made he made that as a 
one of project for Resonance FM radio. He got asked to to submit like a piece for the radio, and we were just chatting then day, that day, and he was like, "Oh, you know, check it out. I, I made this for for Resonance," and I was like, "This is amazing. You know, we should we should put it out." And he was like, "No, it's just for the radio. It's just a one-off project." And I was like, "No, this is great." And then you you know we just put things down and like we made it happen. And so you guys became friends back when you were studying design. Uh, no, I, I mean I met Lee through music, through shows, and he used to DJ a lot, and we played a lot of shows in like mid zeros, like two thousand five, six, seven, and yeah. That's how actually how we became friends. So, were you DJing back then, or were you? Yeah, I've been DJing since I was seventeen or eighteen, when I was still based in Athens, but not necessarily dance music. I was just DJing at bars and parties and and gigs. And is that stuff kind of taken a backseat to the label? Well, at some point, I had to take a break from it, and the label came about. So I put all my efforts and time on that, and now I'm going back to it. I've been I've been recording and playing shows throughout these years, but not as much as I used to because I used to tour a lot, like nonstop for months and playing anywhere in Europe and the U.S. But now that's that's been quiet over the past three four years. But I'm getting back to it, and I'm quite happy about it. So I assume the label is a full-time gig. Yeah, it ta- I work on it all day long. And I also do a lot of design work and also working on music. So there's basically, I never sleep. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, just the sheer workload of the amount of records you put out last year. I mean, yeah, the thing is that it's just me who does everything pretty much. So I'm responsible for 90% of the artwork the overall communication and like pressing, dealing with the mastering recordings and and all that. So that takes a lot of time. But I'm happy, you know, it's 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 my passion. That's what I like doing, you know. Yeah, I imagine the fact that it's just you probably makes some things possible, like that wouldn't necessarily be otherwise. You well, know? it's just like... Uh, having control on everything you know it's a very small independent label it's nothing crazy you know so it's good to keep it real in a way and like you know just do it your own way so that's about it yeah it's it's interesting to me i mean of course it is a small independent label but at the same time it's kind of amazing that you know small label with often very challenging music and pretty extravagant artwork um, can put out so many records and, you know, and survive. Like, I feel like it's kind of... Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm, I feel quite lucky that, you know, people are interested and they help me continue, you know. I think it's a great thing. But on the other hand, I, th- I believe that if someone trusts and, like believes in what he wants and just focus and you know keeps on developing and continuing an idea and at some point it might happen might not you know i mean it's a slower process basically because you don't really commit to 
what the current hype or like what people like in general so you just do your own thing and you might get somewhere yeah do you feel like you also might have gotten a little lucky with um what else you know what's popular um in general basically what you were saying earlier about people kind of being more open-minded mixing up like club stuff with more challenging stuff i think that was kind of popular in general which might have been like you know an element of good timing for you i always check what's what happens in music because i'm interested in everything contemporary and in everything that happens in general in all styles of of music and art but I think it's also very important to be relevant to to what is the current uh, interest in general. It's not about hype or like being trendy, but it's good to be relevant and not just like just look only in the past or like just flirt with a whole retro idea that a lot of people do, which is fine because I like a lot of old music. You know, I listen to a lot of mostly actually to like older stuff, but. I think it's also important to be part of what's happening now and also look in the future and like try and push things even further more into what they might happen, you know. Yeah, I think that's an interesting thing with more experimental music is when I hear something like, you know, Jarmoff or uh, something really challenging like that, I think to myself, or I often wonder, you know, is this guy consciously trying to do something new or push things forward? So it sounds like you're saying that is kind of, at least with you, that's part of your goal. Yeah, in a way, it's not like what I always have in mind, but I think it's, I believe it's just good to like refer to all this and kind of like use all these elements and like, it's more of an attitude thing, like, you know, just like not sit back and relax and like just do something that it's pleasurable and, you know. I mean, most of these artists do have this need to like push it further more and like, you know, basically find their own singular voice within that world that, that it has, there's been so much output there. So it's by doing that it's also trying to find yourself within that and also push it even more into like a different universe in a way that that could be a challenging thing as you said or like something completely new or even like a reformation of like already existing stuff yeah i feel like um it's an interesting thing to think about like like I know some people have, I've heard some people say that with art, no one really invents something new. It's always just a combination of your know, influences and what's come before. Um, I and, think that happens inevitably though. Yeah, of course. But I guess it's like some people can end up being innovative when they're actually just doing, doing something naturally. They're just making something that sounds good. Um, but then you could also consciously set the goal of presenting something i think it's part of a greater body of work though like once you have that in mind it just happens naturally to just continue and like being forward thinking in a way and use all these influences and inspirations that people have and like just continue doing it your own way kind of like a 
the most reliable way to actually do something interesting is I just... think it's just refreshing in a way to do it to do it like that and it seems like um I remember you said to me before that basically with pan you don't have like a concrete guiding no no not at all like you know like I start with one thing and like anything could happen really I like to keep it challenging in that way I mean, I, I like music in general and I like a lot of different styles of music. So there's a reason that all this stuff fit in my head, you know. So why not to do it on a label? I mean, I always try to find a link between the records and the artists themselves in a way. So a lot of these people have worked together in the past or like they managed to contribute and like work together eventually, maybe. But... Also with the artwork and everything, it's all part of a, it's like a puzzle in my head, you know. You mean the artists um, have, like the different artists that have released on Pan have worked together before? Not all of them, but a lot of them have and might do in the future. But all I'm saying is that they all have, they're all like individual artists that just work with what they want and not like following a, a certain agenda of like what the specific scene does or like you know oh, i do dark techno or like i do dubstep or like i do i don't know electroacoustic music of this kind of style whatever and i think they just follow what they want and i'm i'm heavily interested in this aspect because it's very very healthy and important to basically believe in yourself and not like try to put yourself in a box with some other stuff because then it just misses the point you know yeah i mean it kind of makes me think of um someone like heat sick remember uh at the pan showcase at Berkheim played a four-hour like casio set yeah and um i mean something like that is uh so singular it's so you know no one it's it's all him basically that's exactly what i'm saying i mean all these people love music and they love stuff that maybe belong to a certain scene like i mean for example steve who does hitsik he loves chicago house and like psychedelic music from the 60s and 70s and avant-garde and all that but when he does his project it is not really trying to recreate like the i don't know like early 90s chicago sound or something of course he has a lot of as I said, influences from that, but it's not that he's basically reproducing the same style. So when he expands his set into four hours, it's basically, you know, it's just opens up and it's just his own thing in a way. Do you feel surprised at all that um, people are so accepting of that kind of thing? This, I don't know. I think people are fascinated maybe. I'm not sure how welcomed are. I hope they are, but I don't know yet because it's still quite difficult music sometimes. I think they're interested in it and they like the fact that it's there and it happens, but I'm not sure how pleasurable it is to them. Sometimes yes, sometimes no, I don't know. In general, what do you feel like sort of the energy level is in the crowd um at that kind of performance like do you feel like people there are kind of enjoying it 
you know, on, on a simple level or are they sort of like... I mean, as we said before, like with the more, let's say, musical, dancey stuff, of course there's this element of enjoyment and people do enjoy and dance and like have fun like they do in any other night in a way. But it's still good to put that on a different perspective sometimes and like not just like a, have like a club night or or like or just like a dry academic let's say art-based concert or anything like that you know i think it's good to link all these worlds together and try and get something out of it but also keep it down to earth and like keep it human and like and also like being able to have these artists express themselves and not force them to do something because it has to be arty and also dancey and also like whatever else that could be i don't know if that makes sense yeah i mean i think the overall personality of the label as you know the personality of the label is all these different personalities of these artists basically right and but i think i guess another way of putting it would be this sort of presentation of the label um for something that's putting forth such often difficult music it you know impression you get from the artwork and everything is fairly down to earth as you put it you know it doesn't seem academic or overly intellectual or anything like that yeah i don't tend to at least i'm I'm glad you say that but i yeah that's my goal not to actually overdo it or something it's just a a creative process it's not like something that i have to show off or like pretend that i do this or that you know yeah i remember i uh when i spoke with lee gamble surrounding his uh the diversions ep he said um that basically when he was into that really really cerebral computer music mm -hmm. and um then he saw um i think tim hecker florian hecker, Flo yeah, florian hecker yeah. okay. and he just said um sort of had this realization that you can make experimental challenging music and have it be um a non-intellectual experience like there can be people standing there in the audience mm -hmm. just kind of taking it in not standing there thinking about you know what the concept is or whatever um, like you can experience that sort of music in a more immediate way mm -hmm. and i guess that's basically that's exactly what i was trying to say before is that things were more specific in the past but like there's always these examples that you just put something in a different context and it has the same meaning but it's way more refreshing and more interesting in a way than having it dry or like just yeah it just misses the point sometimes do you get the impression that there are a lot of people that feel this way or they're making this kind of music well i, I hope that people are you know can relate to this and like you know think maybe the same way or like maybe it helps some others to find their own voice through that i'm not saying that i'm like the one that's doing it like i'm and there's tons of labels labels and artists out there doing similar things so yeah I don't, I don't really know i mean i just hope that there's more people like being interested in that whole thing where do you see the label heading in the next year or two uh, I don't know. I mean, I like that it grows naturally and I don't really have like crazy goals or like that I want to be big or small or underground or mainstream or something, you know. I just want to continue what I've been doing so far and that's it.
there's more events and there's a festival happening so that's that's that too so yeah i just want to focus on that whole curatorial aspect and just continue putting out records what's the festival you mentioned the festival is happening this june in new york and it's gonna last for seven days from june 18th to june 23rd and it's basically based on most of the roster of the label so far and a lot of local new york based artists from different styles from like dance djs to like improv jazz musicians to experimental music stuff and it's gonna happen in different venues throughout a week mainly at ps1 moma and there's a bunker night and issue project room is hosting two events and there's a lot of art shows and galleries and art centers in new york it's pretty big and that's a pan yeah yeah festival. i'm organizing the whole thing wow there's a lot of work for that <laughs> <laughs> trust me <laughs> are there any um just releases on the label that you're excited about yeah i mean there's a lot of records even more records coming out this year um there's a new record by a Greek trio called Muhammad, which is a string trio, basically working in long drone music forms. There's a, the first full-length record by my friend Rasad Becker, who is a sound engineer and mastering engineer at Dubplates and Mastering in Berlin. It's his first record, it's pure electronic music synthesizers and quite abstract too. I'm very excited about this. I've been waiting for it for a long time, so I'm glad it's finally happening. There is a, there's a bunch of 12 inches by Bass Clef, who is a London uh, beat-oriented producer. There's a collaboration between Regis and Russell Haswell, which is uh, it's coming out in April. It's an EP under the name Concrete Fence. Uh, what else is happening? Kuhay's uh, NHK Dance Volume, Dance Classics Volume 3, which is the final, basically, volume from, from those series. And yeah, and, and more new LPs from like Helm, Hitzig, Eli Kessler, Valeria Tricoli. Um, Lee Gamble new 12 Vincent record later this year so yeah it's gonna be pretty busy is it easier for you to um, like commission work at this point now that the label has a you know reputation and everything I'm trying to <laughs> but it's hard sometimes it seems like the only thing holding you back is how much time you have yeah time is never enough <laughs> But yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm trying to do as much as I can. You know, it's pretty exciting in general. So I'm, I'm, you know, I'm psyched to be doing all that. So yeah, we'll see how it goes. <laughs>